Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. How's it going, man? Back again. What number podcast do we know? God, 47 ish, something. That's a lot of talking. A year now. Yeah. A lot of talking. (laughs) The only thing I can do. That's what God put me on the planet for. Man, I don't think. I wish I had a thing like that that I knew. Because I'm the type of guy, like, I'm okay at everything. Like, you can put me on any sports field. I'm not going to make the all-star team necessarily on everything, but I'm like, I'm, I'll be fine. Like I'll find a place, but I don't have one thing that I'm like, I'm a fucking master of something. I'm just not, I don't have that thing. Masturbation. Well, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> now, if that's in the list. Master debater. <laughs> no, 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 this a quick story. Now this is literally from the drive over here. You referenced you notice that I have a few cars periodically. I just got a, a different yeah, like how vehicle. How many freaking cars? This guy pulls up every week in a different car. I like Jesus. trading cars. It's this weird white trash thing that I have. I just love freaking vehicles. Anyway, that's supposed to be on silent. But uh, so anyway, this vehicle, I've, it's the second time I've driven it. Tahoe? And it's a Yeah, it's a Chevy Tahoe, and it's got- Somebody told me they were Tankos. They're heavy. Probably, yeah, heavy probably cars. fair. Yeah. Big, yeah, big SUV. Yeah. So it's got- uh, heated seats and cooled seats over on the door. Nice. Which is pretty common, you know, for anything 2015 ish yeah. yeah. or newer. And so I'm, I'm driving, I got the sunroof down and I'm just sort of checking all this stuff out. And I'm like, man, the air conditioner is blowing ice cold. I'm like, but it's fucking hot in here. It's really hot. And I can't figure out what's going on. So heated I seat. put the cooled seat on, but I'd put the heated seat on. So I'm just literally melting by the time I realized that it was heated. However, I'm not saying I know this from personal experience. <laughs> that heated seat is great if you happen to have a hemorrhoid. Oh, really? Oh, hell yes. Nice. <laughs> but, but so we, it's just a tip I heard somewhere. I'm not, like not saying there's anything personal about that. <laughs> well, middle of July with the sun beaming through the sunroof, not cool, not cool heated seat. You want to so. hear it? So we're just telling funny stories. And sure. this is terribly, I guess, racist, but um, <laughs> Asian, Asian, oh, God. A, Asian folks aren't just um, a, a little lacking driving a vehicle. Had an Asian woman run right into me with her shopping cart. Just hit my body. Wow. Oh, excuse me. I was and I and when I turned and looked, it just occurred to me like they're not just shitty drivers. It's everything. I Admire. Can, she just wailed me with her fucking cannot, shopping cart. And I, can, I was like, I can't get behind you on, on the Asians are bad at driving. I just you know, we're well, gonna another stereotype. We're gonna, yeah, it's a stereotype. I mean, but they all have some merit. That is pretty bad though, that she walked into you with yeah, it. It was great. I was like, oh man. Oh my no, god! No, I mean, do you know a st- the only? Stere- I do know the stereotype. Yes. I, well, no, that, but I, just in general, stereotypes have merit. The one I think I've told you this. The one that I could never quite figure out was the dumb Polak, because I've known a lot of Polish people. My wife is half Polish. Her father was almost full on Polish, engineer, very very bright man. Patty's very bright, but somebody said to me, "No, no, it's not." I'm sure I've told you this. It's not that they're stupid, Polish folks. They're so fucking stubborn that they come off as stupid. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, and I've never heard that side truth. of the stereotype. And we, we've agreed our wives will never listen. So my to wife this. is Polish then. Well, She's a hundred percent. Mine is, but we've agreed <laughs> our wives the, will never listen. Right. I guess. Pat, Cause Patty, unquestionably gets, Patty gets so pissed when I tell this story, but this is a true story. It's probably 25 years ago. And 
you'll know this, Wilson Sporting Goods, Spalding Sporting Goods. So Spalding comes up, dinner table conversation. And my father-in-law insists that it's spelled with a U. And I say, no, it's S-P-A-L-D-I-N-G. Wait a minute. I probably have a Spalding basketball. I go out to the garage. I hand the fucking basketball to the man, Trisden. <laughs> Polish. He looks at it. At that point, what do you do? Okay, I'm yeah, wrong. I've, lo- right. I've lost that one. Right. The man says, oh, that must be a misprint. Well, that's where you go. You <laughs> idiot. That's where you just go, all right, you stubborn, dumb Pollock. That's Forget stubborn. it. And that is, oh, that must be, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's a misprint. So, we, so. We, it's just a matter of time before we're Joe Rogan and you're, we're just playing over and over on CNN, Ray White saying, you dumb Pollock. Oh, I, I, I no, hope, I, I hope we get that pre- famous, actually, but then also dread the day when we get that famous. I actually prefaced it by saying that's a stereotype that I don't agree with. Sure, but I don't know, man. In this world, I'm scared to even reference that stereotypes exist because, I mean, you mentioned the Asian stereotype. I read or I watched a, a, a article or something about you can't even refer to Asians as like generally smart, even though like some of the test score proved that they are you know, sort of smarter than Americans in a lot of ways as a generalization, but that is considered even a negative. So I don't like, I'm so scared of stereotypes and, and even negative, the huh? jokes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you're, I'm calling you smart. So how dare you assume you I'm smart because of the way I look? Well, then I'll be the bad guy. Remember Chris rocks. Yes. I, so you will be canceled. I will, I will not. Chris rock some years back said, let me see if I got this straight. Babe Ruth set the home run record in baseball, but there were no brothers playing. That's like saying I got the highest score on the ACT, but no Asian kids took the test. Oh, nice. <laughs> And, you know, my nephew, Tommy's uh, son, Kyle, went to Yale. And um, I don't know if Kyle listens either. I think he did listen. Maybe he got bored. But, Kyle, if you're listening, I'll pick on you a little bit. He actually developed a bit of a, well, I guess there's no other way to say it, slight bias. You could say prejudice, but let's just say a slight bias. Slight bias. That's a little more polite. Like All right. using country person instead of redneck is a little more polite. Sure. Um, he, he developed a bit of an Asian bias because, you know, probably 30% of Yale – we're Asian students, yeah. and these were driven. These were the Tiger Mom kids. Didn't yeah. give a fuck about you. Like he said, he'd have he'd have his hands full with books or whatever, and a kid would just walk through and just go right through the door and shut in his face. Wow. Yeah, just they didn't really give crap about much, and and which is which is plays counter to stereotype because those are generally very uh, communal people. You know, the society they're sure. you know especially if they're from China, which is a communist society, and they're very much about you. Not just them, yeah. But these are the driven kids that are at Ivy League schools, and they're there for one reason: that's to better themselves, and they don't really give a rat's arse about you. Well, and that's that top one percent, or, or what whatever, like the smartest. I feel that. I feel that a lot. But uh, yeah, you take that even with athletes, like just the sense of entitlement. I think once you've been told for a certain period of your life that you're just the greatest thing. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you kind of, you probably absorb a little of that. Absolutely. So if you're the smartest and you're going to go to Yale and you're the head right. of your school, basically like, yeah, you could see a lot of those kids being like uh, so self-absorbed and so the into Tom themselves. Cruise, I call that the irregardless Tom Cruise of syndrome. Their, the Tom yeah. Cruise syndrome. Tom Cruise. Irregardless of race. Right. Tom yeah. Cruise uh, uh, believed everything that was written about him. Now you take a guy like Paul Newman, who was like the most down to earth person. So right. they say married to the same woman exactly. for 50 years. Yeah. But he never lived in Hollywood. He lived yeah, in Connecticut. He had a farm. He and, right. Yeah, he yeah. was never, he never believed he the nonsense that was written where Cruz yeah. just bought it hook, line, and sinker. And, and great actor, made great movies, but a strange cat, Tom Cruise. Oh, one million percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an odd dude. He's so. a different guy. 
Anywho, that's where we're at today. Yep. So uh, we we definitely, the stance of the podcast is we hate Asians, and we're brought to you by <laughs> Berea Pond. Check out Berea. I did not say <laughs> that. Okay. Fair enough. I'm glad you didn't say that. They do have small, oh, never mind. And, and I will say, one, I think one of the good things about the podcast is I do think we're able to, sometimes we, we do joke a little bit. Insult ethnically people politely. And, and ins- politely insult people. We insult each other and ourselves. And, and, you know, I, I like that, you know, that that still exists a little bit without being hate speech. I like that we can laugh at our cultures a little bit without taking everything so fucking serious that we can't have a little laugh at some of these old things without it being, you know, the end of the world. Well, I mean, you and I can, but man, oh man. Well, it is tricky. I mean, I like I said, I hear you saying some of this stuff and just my face just turns white. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know if we can even talk about something that used to be a stereotype just and and we're all on the page that we realize it is a stereotype, and it's still just like walking on hot coals. It so is. It's tricky, it, but it is. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So, but but we should thank our sponsors, Berea Pond, BuckshotandLead.com. I just left Aaron. I went over to hang oh, out with you? Aaron oh, cool. uh, and Robin. Hung out for like twenty minutes. Always good to see them. And yeah. uh, he's such a nice guy. Like it's 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 my turn to buy dinner when we go out, and he keeps saying, "Oh no, I, it's my turn." I'm like, Aaron, it's not your turn to buy. Like he literally knows it's Jesus his turn to buy, but he really likes you. Yeah. Well, no, we'll see. There you go. But, but that's the type of person Aaron is at Berea Pond. Like, you know, just good, good freaking folks. Um, um, yeah. The best folks won't let you buy. Is you he know? still listening? Did he make any comments on anything? He's not talked about the show. I don't, oh, I don't good. know if we went too far, went too far left lately and he's maybe zoning us out or what. I, I don't know. I haven't asked if he's listening, but I, I assume he we still might have is done a gun show. That was, uh, and of course there's another one over the fucking weekend. And, um, well, oh, but then and, and Bad Wolf Gaming, we'll get to we'll thank our sponsors a little bit later. But thanks, guys. Uh, Bad Wolf Gaming, 7-Eleven Chestnut, Berea Pond, BuckshotandLead.com, 107 Clay Drive. If you're in here in Berea, uh, check them out. But that shooting sometime back, maybe it wasn't this past weekend. Our shows are timeless. But, you know, it was another 21-year-old white kid, I believe. Um, what is the deal with these 18 to 21-year-old boys, man? Is it that incel thing? I think it is, man. I think it boils down to they're not having orgasms. Like, they're not having sex. And kids, and this, this is the thing. Your brain at 18, 19 years, years old as a guy, you and I know, you're thinking of one thing almost exclusively throughout the course of the day. And if that's not an option for you, I don't know. Apparently, it turns to madness. <laughs> You're yeah. fucking really angry, but and you want to be destructive. For, uh, involuntarily celibate, right? Basically, girls don't like them. That's what it boils down to. Essentially, and they get pissed off. Yeah, and they're mad at the world, and they go take it out on somebody. Let me tell this story real quick. Um, so we had our our friend Jay Schiffman on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. We we was I think we spoke to him the day or two days after he was just down the street from an active shooter in uh, Philadelphia and a girl I went to high school with um, this 4th of July weekend was in an active shooting and had to run for her life in Orlando. So in the, that wouldn't even make the news. It did, Oh but it was, there was, I think the bigger one that you just referenced the Chicago. And I think this one, two or three dead. That's all just a mere two. Yeah. Right. But it's, but it doesn't become big national news. But the, the thing is that I just found fascinating is Two people in my window were affected by a mass shooting in this month. Two people, like, because anybody can know one person that happened to be by a mass shooting. I mean, that's pretty crazy that I know two people that I'm Facebook friends with, you know, that I communicate with periodically that were 
in an active shooting situation. Like, yeah. man, that's that's wild. Now, when Ray had his um, fraternity job where he was traveling, he went to UNLV, and the chapter there, there were three or four kids that were seeing, um, oh, gosh, uh, who was the country artist who was performing when that whack-off started shooting? Jason Aldean. Yes, thank you. There were three or four that were at that Jason Aldean concert and had to run. Wow. No shit. Scary stuff. Because the school is, you know, everything in Vegas is fairly close. So the school is not that far from where that took place. And the kids were at the show. And, wow. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, you know, it scarred them, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Is that still the worst? Is that the biggest in America? I think so. I think, I think so. yeah. I think the Vegas one Virginia was Tech, which was now probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Top, was, top five for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If not second. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It I is. And, and I don't know. I mean, people can argue all day about some of this stuff, but you, you've got to find some common sense on some of these 18, 19 year olds. I don't, well, I don't you know, feel like you need to walk in and buy an AR at 19 years no, old. No, And each of these last two, and again, guns is not our topic today. And, you know, I'm certainly uh, never going to um, veer down the road of an anti-second amendment. Cause again, having lived here longer than I lived in New Jersey, I realize how Woven into to society, you know, woven into the fabric of society, guns are. But I will say this: each of the last two, Avaldi um, with the schools and this thing at Highland Park, which is a very affluent Chicago suburb. I mean, this wasn't the South Side, right? This wasn't gangbangers. Well, this was, was an major news affluent. Well, yeah, to to uh, to echo Chris Rock, he'd say something like that, which is right. Um, but there were armed officers at both of those. Now right. we know of Uvalde, they didn't really act the way they, I, I guess that's, you know, that was just a bad situation, but you know, the whole, uh, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. They were fucking armed police. This was a goddamn uh, 4th of July parade. There were officers there. They didn't stop this kid. Well, that's, that's the, one, the thing. The, the, the sure way to stop him is to not allow the gun in his hand. And I know Aaron hates that, but that is the truth. Well, yeah. And, and, and I will say this, you know, you, if you have a huge crowd of people at a Jason Aldean concert, for example, a bunch of other people shooting isn't probably going to help much. You know what I mean? Well, if you're just true. a mass yeah. crowd of people, I mean, <laughs> even a well-trained officer, I don't know that, you know, them taking shots in a bit. I'm like, I don't know if that's the answer. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, your security around these places, I think in the future, you're going to have to your point, you're not getting rid of guns, the security, you're just going to have to find a way that all these people are getting screened. That's right. If you've got access to a crowd of well, people in sight with a, rifle that could reach i mean all those people you're gonna have to be metal detecting people you can't yeah it's just something's gonna have to be done it's gonna be expensive and concert tickets are gonna go up but man do you go anywhere now i rarely go anywhere with a massive crowd of people that i don't think to myself at least once man somebody could start shooting i mean i really don't and i'm a gun owner you know but I guess you got to look for the person you can hide behind. That's it. <laughs> Always go with the, your biggest friend. <laughs> Do what you want to the girl. Leave me alone. Um, nice. All right. So uh, 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 we are going to talk about a couple of things today. January 6th. I know you've got a Kinzinger uh, quote, but but I don't say, I say real quickly. It may not be, but we were going to touch on, and I just thought of it. It sort of circles back to one of the first shows we did with uh, – Simone Bowles, Biles, and the, Biles, and the and the twisties, right? Yeah, where she couldn't perform. So there was this story that broke, and this would be great if Raymond were here. But uh, apparently, this young girl, and I sent you the context of her 
take on all this. But she basically left the Eastern softball team and blamed the coach for essentially uh, causing her mental distress. Is that right? Eastern Kentucky University. Eastern Kentucky University. And then wrote an expose. And apparently it's gotten some traction. And I guess the school and the athletic director and the athletic department is going to have to make some kind of decision. Now, this is a coach, Jane Worthington, who has literally been there since the advent of the program. I believe she started it in 92. She's older than I am. She's very nice. Met her a number of times. I wouldn't say I know her well, but I know who she is. She probably knows me by face. Um, And the interesting thing about Coach Worthington is, you know, Mar has this funny line about millennials, how if if anything that happened before they were born didn't happen because they're so narrow in their view. Um, And Jane Worthington was playing sports long before Title IX. Like she, you know, again, she's probably 63 or four. So if you go back to when she was 13, she was fighting tooth and nail just to get on the field. You know, that was, that was when, you know, I, I mean, I remember this. I, I remember I went to high school with a young lady named Debbie Walker and she was a great basketball player. And she used to just get abused because she was basically a tomboy and, you know, what are you doing playing a boy's game and yada, 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 right? This is the kind of crap that Jane lived with and helped to change that culture. And these kids don't even really appreciate that struggle that she put forth. But um, I guess the kid was essentially saying that she was being um, caused to feel anguish, anxiety, a mental strain, right? Yeah, I I can see that. Techniques the coach was using. And I almost read in, in what she wrote more so that she had anxiety and it was maybe less that the coach didn't, I guess, pause for that or sort of accommodate that she had anxiety more even than she caused it. Yeah. Is that fair? It is. But wasn't – to me, there was a really telling line. And and so I think I explained this, but um, – so the young woman wrote this, I, I don't know if it was an email or a letter to the athletic department, and somehow it got out, and apparently it's gotten a large number of viewings, sort of gone viral, if you will, and there is some pressure now, and I know this, obviously, because my son works there, and I don't think this is a secret, it's a, it's a story that's now out, um, but I think there was a line, Trisden, and, and so I sent Trisden like a snapshot of these different things, and technology is not my strong suit. So I sent him like 15 things. and 40 had, screenshots yeah. of the exact same article. And, yes. and he had to sort of piece it together. But I think there was a line where the young kid said something close to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think only slightly, I didn't realize that my um, performance was going to determine whether or not I played. Didn't she say something like that? It was Which right is like along the those most lines. millennial thing you could say. Right. I mean, isn't that what sports are for Christ's sakes and really what life is? It really is, right? <laughs> I mean, and again, you know, I, I mentioned this. Is that, that the way you read that line? She that, said that, something that like that. That is the way I read it. Yeah. It was more, yeah, that <laughs> how is she only going to base me playing this sport based on how well I play this sport, yeah. sort of. And it's like. What, what else are you going to base it on? Like, you're the cutest in your outfit? Yo, you're working hard. You're working hard. That's great that you're working hard. But if yeah. you're not getting better. But that's the thing. And Ray, some, you know, I said I dealt with anxiety a lot in college. Like, it was college was a struggle for me because of that. And I played college baseball. Because of anxiety? Yeah. Well. Yeah, it was really, yeah. It was a, I should have been medicated, and I wasn't. Like, I had a, you know, and I think it was, I don't want to make it about me. But, you know, like a pretty rough couple of years. Dealing with it, you know, sort of white knuckling it, no medicine. And yeah, I talked to a counselor a few times. But anyway, during that time, also playing baseball, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Like, look, if you have mono, if you have a physical illness and you're not performing, 
you're, you're not going to perform like that's how sports work. So I never thought, you know, and I don't feel like anxiety ever affected my athletic play. It was just more my day to day, like depression, anxiety, it just really sucked. But I don't, I don't feel like, and maybe this is where we're going as a culture that we are catering to it more and we're making, but again, at the end of the day, it really has to be about your talent for a sport. You know, it's not little league. It's not T-ball where everybody needs to play a few innings and this is for fun. You're trying to win. It it does become sort of a a division division one one college college softball. Exactly. So even what you, there's a case to be made where I played in NAI that, you know, it's not D one, but it's, you know, still college, but look, we're going out and we're trying to win. We're putting the best field on the team. You know, you can't, you know, if somebody's struggling mental with mental stuff, not to take away from what they're dealing with, but you have to put the best field on the, on the best, best players on the, on the yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you just have to, that's, that's right. So, yeah. And, and I don't know, I think you're seeing some of these coaches, some of these, you know, these gruff Bill Parcells coaches, I think are yeah, just going, I mean, Jane's an old school coach. Yeah. yeah you you yeah. are just seeing less and less of them because, you know, and I've seen it even in my job over the last several years, you know, I've, I've had great conversations with the owner of my company about, you know, 10 years ago, you could just ream somebody out and yell at them for messing something up and you just can't anymore. Yeah. Like it's just a, a different world with people. And to probably to the better in some ways, yeah. but you yeah, know, I suppose. yeah, there, no, I'm, but not, there I'm is, not necessarily dismissing all of it, but it's uh, you know, this goes back as far as when coach hope was here, who Danny hope, who great guy coached EKU. Yeah. Real good guy. And he and I were only a year apart in age. So he'd come up to the radio station and we'd chat for five minutes on the air. And then we talked 20 off air and he, and, and he went on to become the head coach at Purdue. And he told me one time football, a football coach. for the listeners. And uh, yes. And uh, he, so he, got out of Eastern in 82 um, and uh, 81, I think. So he was on two of the national championship teams. So he played for Roy Kidd in the glory days. Now he comes back to Eastern to coach. And he said his phone would ring in his office and it would be a dad asking, you know, can I ask why Trisden isn't playing? And that was like anathema to Danny. He's like, first of all, my father would never think to do that. And secondly, this is Division One college football, one double right. A football. I'm yeah. the fucking coach. What do you mean? Why is my son not playing? None of your business. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Let him go. So I mean, that's but but that, and that was probably 2005. Right. So that's only gotten worse. And so it is sure. a little bit of that millennial thing. But it, as a digression, and I should ask you this last week when it was the Trisden show, what was causing you so much anxiety? Well, I think that was the thing for me. It just, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was now looking back. I could tell you that it was, you know, the pressure of that. I was about to leave college and I didn't really have anywhere to go. So it was sort of starting out on my own and probably coming to terms with that as baseball was wrapping up. And that was the home, like Berea college baseball for me was home for four years. So realizing that was coming to an end you know, and just so many parts of my life, I didn't realize that. So to me, it was like, why am I having these attacks? What's going on? I just didn't understand it. And not understanding what I was dealing with led to depression. So then I would get really depressed. And it was, you know, part I mentioned last week, like I didn't have a mom really that I could call and have like a conversation that I'm going to feel better about or a dad, you know what I mean? And a little bit, a little bit, you'd have these conversations, but you know, it was just not no brothers or sisters, no brothers and sisters. So yeah, it was, um, I just didn't, didn't really get it. And then over time you sort of start to realize, well, it's happening for a reason. You got to figure out the reason, like, what are you scared of? Like what's wrong? And, and then you deal with it. And, you know, I've been 
overall great for you know a substantially long time knock on wood interesting but yeah no it was it was really hard I'm, you yeah. know it's a, it's a and, lot to go through when you don't know what the fuck you're dealing with and i don't mean to uh, i'm certainly not here to pick on this young lady i don't even know who she is wouldn't know her if she walked in here but it does strike me you know i i have a bit of a not not unique but i have some perspective because i work in a place where i'm the general manager and there's 30 employees 32 employees and probably at least half 16 or so are millennials 30 or 30 and under um and, and so i and i have two of my own and so i know that generation pretty well um and my brother who teaches has taught and teaches those kids i guess now it's a new generation by the 17 right um will tell you that, no, the world's not coming to an end. There's a lot of good kids like the Rowies are, but boy, they are filled with anxieties and, um, and, and, um, I guess I don't really want the word depression, but just anxiety and mental anguish that I don't know that we were necessarily. And I guess we as parents deserve some blame for that. And the whole fifth place trophy thing has to play a role too like this young lady who had to be a good enough softball player to make it on d1 yeah she's definitely legit you know so maybe she didn't have fifth place trophies maybe she was used to finishing first but i mean the whole and and as i said to raymond last night tristan and, and with this maybe we can move to our other subject here's a really important point i don't think any of those innovations were because let's be honest they were typically left-leaning folks sure. who thought that we can build people's self-esteem, right? They yeah, wanted to probably better. not your far right folks that are not your yeah. far right folks. And I don't think any of it was done with malice. I don't think they right. intended to fuck kids up. It's right. just that in practice, it didn't work so well. Like I thought, I think somebody thought, no, this is a great idea. Competition, you know, can be a little rough and it builds some things and kids get left behind and they feel bad. So we'll build their self-esteem and we won't worry about keeping score and we'll give trophies. Okay, I dig it. I, I understand where they're coming from. But at some yeah. point where the rubber meets the road, it is about performance. Right. Right. Self-esteem doesn't come from being told you're good. It comes from actually accomplishing something. Right. And I think that's what was missed in that equation. And well, now you've got some kids that struggle mightily because they attempted to build their self-esteem, but it wasn't based on any accomplishment. True. But let me throw this at you. I also see both sides of that. I saw probably as many kids or more the way I grew up who had these dads that were just fucking assholes. Right. Nothing was ever we good all, enough. We all know those guys. You know. Sure. I saw more kids that I felt like took more took more heat from that than I ever did from, you know, getting a trophy for participating. Yeah. I saw a lot of kids with all the potential in the world being constantly told they were never good enough. That's fair. So- Man, that it does go both both ways on that. Yeah, you can take some a talentless kid and oh, you're gonna be great, buddy. And he's you know, we had a kid try out for college baseball. Uh God will call him Scruffy McCheckswing for the <laughs> purpose of this conference because that was his nickname. But he couldn't swing a bat. Now, at what level are you twenty one years old? You can't make a baseball swing. But you think you can try out for the college baseball team. Like it just, it's frustrating because there's a kid that's probably been told his whole life, bud, you can do whatever you want if yeah. you believe. Yeah. Buddy, you just, you just give it your best and you're, <laughs> look, that's to a point. But again, it just, it, there's, there's two sides to that. Also, you kill a lot of talented kids by putting constant 
ginormous pressure, no matter how good it's never good enough for dad. Sure. You don't see a lot of moms. I'll put that probably more on dads Absolutely. and coaches and your Pat stomach style, style coaches. Maybe this lady from EKU is just nothing's ever good enough. Look, there has to, especially nowadays, you, you have to find that medium. You can't just break kids down. Like you're a drill sergeant. You can't just reward them for sucking. Yes. You do have to be able to find the nuance. I, I, that's right. And I, maybe that's where all of this is headed. And along the way, there's some casualties, but, um, it, it's really interesting to kind of witnesses witness all of it and, you know, to get told by a younger generation, well, you just don't understand or to tell the younger generation, nah, actually, you don't understand. That really doesn't <laughs> solve anything. So, yeah, you got to kind of work it out. But all right. Indeed. So there's that. And then uh, we've got a little bit of time. We can address the January 6th committee. How about the January 6th committee? Man, this has been some fascinating news. And to watch the January 6th committee and these hearings Man, it's been it's been good TV, but it's been fascinating. I mean, a lot of stuff that you're not gonna have known. Well, you know, the first night Fox didn't show it, and right. they counter-programmed commercial-free Carlson and Hannity. Yeah, basically just talking about what nonsense it was, and then realized, oh fuck, people are actually watching. So now they broadcast it. Now yeah. they'll bring six people on afterwards to tell you what you just saw. You didn't <laughs> How see. Stupid that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I was watching one night and Jonathan Turley is their legal. Uh, he's a professor. Uh, I believe he's a law professor at Georgetown College, but he's their legal guy. And he went off script one night and he said, uh, and I'm sure somebody yelled him, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but he said, you know, we have to give some credit. None of us thought these hearings were going to be as effective when they first started. Nobody thought they were going to be as effective sure. as they have been yeah. because they've been very short on emotion and very long on fact. Right. You know, and another thing, and I saw this, I guess, a meme on Facebook the other day. I reference memes a lot to be 42 years old, but it was basically the, the point of the meme was like, OK, so who's running? the January 6th committee uh, committee and, you know, names the Republicans and who are the witnesses, you know, name several Republicans. And then basically the guy at the bottom's like, yeah, so the Democrats are lying again, <laughs> you know, but, the, so, I, but I think the point of that, which was great was that, you know, some pretty serious Republicans are, are, are in charge of this. Almost every person that they've interviewed has been like a, Trump aide or somebody Absolutely. in the Republican this is Party. not a Look, lot of, you know. This isn't Nancy Pelosi up right. there saying Trump's a piece of shit. Exactly. No. The, yeah, because that could be obviously thrown away as political yeah. fodder. But yeah, when you've got all these people inside the campaign and that were there that day working for Trump, look, you could say a lot of things about a lot of Democrats. But, you know, you didn't have when Hillary had her email scandal, for example, or Benghazi. You didn't have 30 of Hillary's people coming out going, it's a shit show. That's true. You know, you can't believe how bad she fucked up Benghazi. And, you know, they were telling her, don't, you know, send people. And she was like, no, whatever. Look, you haven't seen, this is unprecedented to have the people leaving the campaign or the, not the campaign, but the administration, the administration yeah. just like fleas jumping into a lifeboat. I mean, right. this is just, it, it really is unprecedented. And I hope folks are not taking it just for the headlines. I hope- you're paying attention to this as more than partisan politics. And that's one thing I try to do. Look, when Hillary was having her hearings on Benghazi, man, I sat through as, you know, hours of that. I don't want to be the person that just believes based on my party. Right. You know, I, I want to be like, look, somebody's guilty. Let, let's go. I mean, you, you've got to, you've got to face, face the piper. And it, you know, man, if, if a lot of this stuff isn't true, then a lot of Republicans are lying. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure how the vote's gone because it's hard to get a read for it, and I don't follow it closely enough where I'm looking at every election. But uh, 
some of the Trump backers, some of the uh, supporters of the big lie are, are getting elected in some places and in other places they're not. I think it's about 50, right. 50. So sounds about right. There's still an audience for it. Certainly very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've got this, Ray, I'm going to play this. This was, um, I, I was fascinated by this uh, representative, Adam Kinzinger, uh, one of the Republicans in the select committee. And this was his opening statements. I think for maybe the last one, Okay, it's just over a minute, but I'll play this for you and, and just see if you have any thoughts. In this committee, I'm here to investigate January 6th, not in spite of my membership in the Republican party, but because of it, not to win a political fight, but to learn the facts and defend our democracy. Here's what we know. Congress was not prepared on January 6th. We weren't prepared because we never imagined that this could happen. An attack by our own people fostered and encouraged by those granted power through the very system they sought to overturn. That is a lesson. That is not a conspiracy theory or a counter-narrative. We don't blame victims. We go after the criminals. Some have concocted a counter narrative to discredit this process on the ground that we didn't on the grounds that we didn't launch a similar investigation into the urban riots and looting last summer. Mr. Chairman, I was called on to serve during the summer riots as an Air National Guardsman. <laughs> I condemn those riots and the destruction of property that resulted. But not once did I ever feel that the future of self-governance was threatened like I did on January 6th? There is a difference between breaking the law and rejecting the rule of law. Between a crime, even grave crimes, and a coup. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because he really takes on that counter narrative. Right. Well, what about those rioters? Well, okay. Yeah. That that was wrong. They shouldn't have broken things and set things on fire and some sure. people died. But they weren't about taking the fucking government or changing the entire system. That's it. Like two two things can be Ending true at the American same time. Democracy. Yeah. Right. right. Lo- looters can be assholes while at the Who same time. Be arrested. Exactly. Right. Well also this was a major fucking big awful Yeah, it's deal. not either or, is it? No, it's that's, not. A, great. Well, if you like the rioting, nobody liked the rioting right. on the left. Nobody's right. in there going, you know, yeah, let's destroy all these businesses. And that's no. But yeah, that's um, it's pretty powerful. It's powerful to me that the voices are Republican. I think that's sort of different in a lot of the things that we've seen politically in the last 10, 15 years. Like they do a pretty good job of getting on their own side and sort of sticking to their narrative. But the fact that you've got, you know, Somebody that that you will say, Liz Cheney, who has a greater political name than Liz Cheney? I mean, Dick Cheney's daughter. I mean, that's she's not a fly by night Republican. Like she's she's in it. She's in it for the, you know, she's she's not going to be a Democrat running for anything. No, and her voting record is like ninety seven percent, you know, conservative. I mean, she is a a rock ribbed conservative, and so it's a very difficult thing, you know, to just to to just poo poo. Liz Cheney, who's who, who's really amazing. I mean, I um, would I vote for her? You know, I don't know. I, I respect the hell out of her. You know, she's ultra conservative. She was very much about the overturning of Roe, um, which have we talked about? Did we do a show on that yet? We did. Jesus, I got to smoke too much pot. We, we, we brought a, a, a lady on. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. when we talk, right, right. We haven't done just me and you. Probably. No, we have yeah. not. Because I still wonder, Tristan, what you know how that plays in November. Is it enough to offset 
this horrible, it, and, and you know, it's so funny. I was going to say to offset this horrible, it's not a horrible economy. It's an inflationary economy. Like right. unemployment's at the lowest it's been in like 50 years, like 3.9%. Right. Everybody's working yeah, and they're getting paid more. It's yeah. just that inflation is gobbling a lot of it up. And that's all people see is gas. Although gas is starting to drop a little. A touch. A touch. Yeah. No, uh, it's, um, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, time to be alive politically just because it seems like so much is going on and it's happening like one thing after another, you know, January 6th, the overturning of Roe. I mean, there's just a, everything about Trump, like just the political narrative in the country right now. It's just a lot. I mean, those are two pretty big things. You know, January 6th is going to play a role probably more in 24 than maybe in the 22 midterms. And then Roe um, and whatever other decisions the Supreme Court comes up with. I think one of the really foolish things was for Clarence Thomas to say, you know, this is a chance for us to go further. However, he may believe that, Tristan. He may believe that the time is right to overturn, you know, gay union, to overturn, I mean, contraception, Christ almighty. Unbelievable uh, that we're having that conversation. Unbelievable that we're having this conversation. And the rest of the world, the rest of the, yeah, you hate those terms like develop, but the European world, let's say, is laughing at us. They're like, these fucking Americans are just morons. Man, one of the things, the sidebar, one of the things, again, that the, that the row overturning set precedent for was to make oral sex illegal. Because one of the things that like oral sex was was I guess legalized under that same precedent. There go my Saturday nights. There you go. <laughs> and your dog's gonna not have anything to do. Remember the old joke? You remember your first BJ? <laughs> How long it take you to get the taste out of you? Oh, <laughs> but no, it, it is overturning it's, oral sex. It's fascinating. <laughs> not, I mean, there's got to be a few Republicans that would be opposed to that. No, I mean, right? And what kind of world? Like who? How can you dictate somebody's bedroom like that? I mean, that's just amazing. I remember years back when uh, the whole Clinton Lewinsky thing um, broke, and uh, and Clinton was saying that uh, it was biblical that oral sex was not um, considered um, um, cheating. Yeah, but I was looking for a fancy adulterous. Word. Yes, adulterous wasn't wasn't considered. Uh, adultery in, in certain churches. And I remember Leno saying, boy, that church is going to be packed on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you know, it's a, it's a conservative time. I mean, the backlash is here and I, and I'm sorry we segued off January 6th, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty amazing. Kinzinger and Cheney, I think have really comported themselves in a quite admirable fashion. It's so much so Trisden that it's almost a bit of hollow words. When you listen to Carlson go on endlessly Hannity, it's like, you know what? You guys are just full of shit. Right. You know, at some point you have to, it would be more strategically, it would behoove them more strategically, in my opinion, to say, you know, okay, here's where we can find fault, but there are some things that they make sense about. And these are some problems for Mr. Trump, President Trump, that he probably needs to address. But instead they just try and, you know, just uh, dismiss all of it and talk about you know, silly things. And, and I, to my mind, they just sort of, it just reflects negatively on them. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the elephant in the room, right? Like you can't yes. just pretend oh, the elephant is not in the room. Right. I mean, it's, and that's what they it's do. A lot. Yes. They right. pretend yeah. the elephant is not in the room. And I get it to, you, to the point of being ridiculous. Right. Politics is tricky and I, I get it. You know, so many people are in their own camp and they're obviously looking for the narrative that will make them not have to take responsibility but man, I, I just think with January 6th, and especially again, due to the fact that it's Republican, somewhat Republican run, 
so many of these folks are Republican, Republican that are coming out to speak. And I just don't know that there's an easy way to, to, to mark that as bullshit other than look over here and don't watch sort of like Fox news did the first night, because yes. man, if you're paying attention to yes. this, it matters. Yes. If you're not paying attention uh, the headlines, you may, you know, you could say whatever it's bullshit, but man, if you're really watching these people talk, it's, right. it's a lot. And I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting of Fox execs where they decided, okay, we do need to put this on because we're just yeah. getting lambasted for not putting it on. It's obvious it. what we did. They went two hours without sponsors just to let Carlson and Hannity blabber on. And it didn't really work. People were still like eh, tuning in. Yeah. Guys. 20 million folks. Yeah. I think that first and realizing that it wasn't like I said before, I think what I've watched, which hasn't been all of it. Um, it's been very short on emotion and very long on fact. And yeah. as you said, a lot of Republicans, this isn't Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer saying Donald Trump's a piece of crap. It's people who served with him. Right. And one thing I think you're seeing a lot of and from your deeper Republican folks, it's, well, Liz Cheney's a rhino or right. Kinzinger's a rhino. Right. And it's so frustrating because you just, you know, every time that somebody disagrees with you, it doesn't make them wrong. Sometimes you just have to say, eh. To your, your father-in-law. Sometimes it's fucking spelled without a U. Look, Republicans, there's no U in Spalding. Look, it's, you know, this matters. It's a big deal. You, you've got to pay attention. Now, again, I think we always go back to, will it matter more than, you know, uh, 11%? Um, inflation will it matter more right. than five dollar gas? Right, you know that's maybe the tough not. Part, isn't it? But I, th I think to me it's fair to say, of course I'm not changing my political affiliation as a Republican, but man, to me if you're still on the Trump train, that's it's tough. I, I you're not watching. Yeah, yeah. Or you're just blind to it all and just simply don't care. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, again, you you could you could like the Florida governor whose name alludes DeSantis. DeSantis or, you know, some of these other guys. I that, think he's benefiting more than anybody from this. Cause he's, you know, Trump without all the baggage. I don't know if he's Trump without all the baggage, but he certainly appeals to the same demographic that right. Trump does. And he's without all the illegal stuff that, and he's a very bright man, you know, Harvard yeah. Yale guy. Uh, I think he'll be a front runner, especially if Trump, you know, is not able to run. Right. And, and so here in this summer of um, 22, Long way away, but in two years, we'll, we'll certainly know less um, if Biden doesn't run. And I, if I'm a betting man, I'm going 70-30 that he doesn't. I just don't think he's going to run again. I think he's going to say, you know, guys, I got some years left. I'd like to enjoy him pulling LBJ. Uh, although presidency is a huge ego thing. And, you know, why do you give that power up? So I get that. Yeah. But let's say he doesn't. Let's say he opts out. I did what I needed to do. I beat Trump. Uh, especially if Trump doesn't run again. I think Joe thinks his mission is to beat Trump. So I'm, I'm going to opt out. Who's running for the Democrats? not going to be Kamala Harris. I don't think no. it's going to be Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, Who? I agree. Is there a governor somewhere? We don't know. I hope so. Man, I'm like you. The yeah. bench is pretty. Hopefully. The bench is not real strong. What about our boy here in Kentucky? Andy Bashir, I don't. He doesn't have any national. I, I like him, but I, does he have any, you know, name recognition? I think there's a. I mean, yeah, he could be a viable candidate. He'd be a Bill Clinton a, sort of out of nowhere, yeah, yeah. Kind of Democrat candidate. I don't think there's been a Kentuckian president other than Abe Lincoln. Um, there's, I think, Governor Polis, I believe, P O L I S in uh, in Colorado, who I think has a bit of cachet. Um, there's a couple of real good senators. Like I love Sherrod Brown from uh, Ohio. Oh yeah, Sherrod's good. But um, I don't know if he's going to run. So there's a couple of people on the bench, I guess. But you know, it, what you just said before, it's endlessly interesting, endlessly fascinating. A lot of people roll their eyes and think that um, 
politics are boring as fuck and i get that but i i just get a I, it's entertainment for me it's a, it's a hobby it is it's entertaining yeah and and you just wonder how you're watching something and other people are watching the same thing and you both leave with completely different views on what you saw it's fascinating politics is fascinating I'll tell you what i watched the other day and i would recommend it you can youtube it it was ben shapiro and bill maher I've seen it. If it was the with Shapiro on Mar, no, it was Mar went on Shapiro's show. It was I didn't March, see that. Okay, March of twenty two. Nice, polite conversation. I know a lot of millennials hate Shapiro because he's a young conservative. He's kind of he's, he's arrogant. He rubs you the wrong way oh, yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. Well, he's Jewish. You know, those well, people do that. Most people dislike the Jews. I'm told. <laughs> Started with Asians, end with Jews. Indeed, but he's a very intelligent dude. Right. But Mar did make a point again. Bill and I, same age, same part of the not same part. Both from Jersey. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. You, New Jersey or old old Jersey? Too. Yeah, Springsteen. Okay. Um, but Mar did make a point that I would agree with him on. You know, it was almost considered, you know, that whole never discuss politics and religion in a bar, but just discussing politics generally, which again, I wouldn't subscribe to because I love it and I'll talk to anybody and I'm not going to beat them over the head. You know, maybe in a younger age I did, but I've reached a point now where we can discuss without you're right, I'm right, you're wrong, you're an asshole, yada, yada. But Mar said politics were just not discussed as much. Like, he, his parents had friends and they really didn't know what their politics were. But now, and maybe it's your rise of social media has, has led some to it, but politics now you just can't escape it. Like, you know, like he said, you got people that hardly know each other arguing over the fucking Supreme Court. Well, first of all, they really didn't even know what goes into it. And, sure. and, and why is it a thing? But we're really at that place now where just everything is political. Definitely. And that's probably even for lovers of politics like you and me, that's probably too much. It's, it's yeah, it's too much everywhere. No, and and yeah, and definitely social media plays a role because I know basically every person in my subdivision how they vote. You know what I mean? Because I'm friends on Facebook. I do too, really. And again, you and you would get along with these people so much better if you didn't. Right? Yeah. There's just no secret. You know, you can't just be the cool neighbor that loaned me some bread or whatever. Yeah. It's I have to fucking know that you think the election was rigged, and you know I don't want to know that about everybody. There you go. Yeah, yeah kind of sucks. Right. So we're starting to do a little better. We're trying to do a little bit shorter shows because we know we go on too long. So I think we're cool. And the numbers have dropped. We're going shorter and nobody listens now. Seriously? <laughs> the know. numbers have dropped? I don't know if they could drop any lower. but uh, uh, No, nah, I'm kidding. We're, I think we're 30,000 now per show. So it's nice. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a nice jump. Um, but yeah, man, I think Sue's shaving a couple minutes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Give us some feedback. I got let a really, us really short joke and brought to you by Berea Pawn. Oh, let's see what you got. We're talking about baseball. Why did the ghosts go to the baseball game? Oh, ghosts. Why did the ghosts, ghosts go to the baseball? baseball? Do you want me to guess? Or yeah, you yeah, to, guess. Uh, he hated the team and wanted to boo. Ah, oh, to boo the umpire. Oh, the umpire. Nice. nice. To boo the umpire. Yeah. Good for you. Jackie nice. the Joke Man. Yeah. Jackie the Joke Man used to be on with Howard Stern. He claimed to know every joke there was, and one of the skits was to stump Jackie. Yeah. And the most obscure joke would, and this fucking guy knew like every punchline, man. Oh, that's pretty yeah, good. That was great. You nice. got it. Man, look at that. To boo the umpire. Brought to you by Aaron, our buddy Aaron at Berea Point. I don't think we said too much to offend Aaron. Today. You know what? I, the gun thing. He's but. really sensitive, so we probably, you know, we fit him with everything we say. Just a, No, you know what? And Aaron would sell, say- Don't sell long rifles to 18 to 25-year-olds. How's that? No, no, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. The, the, let 25 and up get them. Talk to a dad. Yeah, talk is, to a mom or dad and make yeah. sure they're good. Yeah. Yeah, let's just do that. Just well, well, you know what I've well, had- Well, not 18 to 20, just 
under age 25, you can't buy an assault rifle. No, I'm serious. How about I, I, that? I'm not. I'm fine. I don't know that you can force him to do that when everybody else is. But no, I, no, no. As I'm far not as changing saying, the law, I didn't mean to yes. say that to Aaron. Yeah, I meant okay. as a societal thing. I'm not saying that Aaron. I, I'm totally that. fine with that. Yeah. Or have a nice so letter too. from a teacher, or professor, and, or something. And, why somebody needs a. And a what would be semi-auto. wrong with that? And that might seem to help a bit. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And and that's the thing. At this point, you're just looking for anything to help without anything hurting to help, too man. many people that you know want to legally. And I, I was telling a buddy yesterday. Look, every 18, 19 year old in the world, if they want a bolt action twenty two rifle that is single, yeah, one shot, man, like I'm good with that. Sure. It's, you know, I, I just don't know about every depressed nineteen year old getting an AR without no, you know, something. But again. I digress. I, I, we do digress, and you've got a, a top ten. Yeah, a little top ten list. I just, I, I, I wrote this out uh, as related was, to the show. Well, or I was just random. driving over. Uh, just you wrote random. it as you were driving just over. Driving. Well, that's I safe. Typed it out on my Plus computer. You drive it like eighty. And I have a, I have a typewriter that I carry, so I was typing it literally as I was driving, which Balance is hard in the to do. Can of Bud Light between your legs in the Tahoe that I've never driven before <laughs> with the fucking heater on, with the seat heater <laughs> good on. Good for so. your hemorrhoids. Yeah, very good. I'm told I've for heard, hemorrhoids. I've heard. <laughs> Some people are saying Ray, they're good for hemorrhoids. <laughs> I don't want to say who. So this is a top ten. See, we know in the economy right now, middle class, poor people, these gas prices, people are struggling, struggling with the inflation. People don't also know that rich people are struggling, and this is the top ten. Rich people are also struggling in this economy story. So okay. this is the stories of rich people also uh, struggling. Good. They don't get enough representation. They, I'm glad you're doing They this. don't. Somebody, it's yeah. time, steps forth yeah, for the rich people. To represent them, Everybody's yes. worried about the poor That's and right. the hungry. What yeah, about the rich? The poor. Yeah. Number 10, Jeff Bezos won't be able to afford his third penis spaceship until next year. Hey, can I stop you there? Of course. Lucas showed me a thing, this motherfucker. Not Lucas, Bezos. Yeah. So he rents out, I don't know where it was. Let's just say Cedar Point. He is the only person on the roller coaster. <laughs> nice. He's the only person on the roller coaster. That's not even surprising, <laughs> though, right? Like, <laughs> like the picture. I saw the picture today. He, yeah. he actually did this and was very proud of it. Yeah. So that's what that kind of money brings you. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are doing okay. <sighs> well, but no, you're representing them. Yeah. So to, 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 to top 10 rich people are struggling uh, in the ways that they're struggling. So in number nine... Bill Gates had to pause his monkeypox vaccine due to the cost of microchips, which is sad. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, he should be able to do whatever he wants. Uh, ways rich people are struggling in the economy. Number eight, Warren Buffett is being forced to Airbnb one of his islands, <laughs> which is, and you and I are sitting here that he's notoriously kind of frugal. So that's, yes. but he is yes. very rich. Uh, number seven, Elon Musk can barely afford to buy free speech. Nice. Yeah. Number six, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg struggling to afford a normal haircut. That's how rich people are struggling. Are some rich people. Where do you go from here? You just named the five riches and you got five more. Man, they're, they're, they're fake rich for the, from here down. Okay. Number five, Puff Daddy having to wear white after Labor Day. Wow. That's sad. That's sad. The Walton family is going to have to cut back on the extravagant salaries they've been paying for their Walmart employees. That's sad. Number you know, Trizen, I believe... Where Mr. Walton's still alive and the five kids didn't have that whacked up, I think he's got the largest fortune in the history of any time. I think that's right. Because yeah. the Walton kids were individually all over yeah, the top like ten. Yeah, like seven, of, eight, nine, right. and ten in the yeah. top ten. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, number again, the top ten ways rich people are struggling in this economy. Number three, Tom Hanks can barely afford to support his three baby a day habit. That's for the for the QAnon listeners. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Number two, to save money, Dr. Dre having to change name to Physician's Assistant Dre. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can see save that. Save some cash. Yeah. And uh, the number one way rich people are struggling, Vladimir Putin cutting his huge table budget by 30%. Going to have to sure, get a smaller table. A yeah. And I mentioned Mr. Walton. There are some people who believe that Vlad, Mr. Putin, the premier, is the wealthiest man in the world. Would not surprise me. Just keeps it spread out amongst all the oligarchs. Yeah. But good way to do it oh and here we can end with this because we we're talking about this oh and, and thanks to that's the bad wolf gaming top 10 thanks to bad wolf gaming give them a call 859-646-6061 chestnut street in berea we sure appreciate them go by and do some gaming at bad wolf gaming they've Absolutely. got that digital the little gambling-ish machine I that you can play it's a lot of fun yeah. and uh and of course we mentioned aaron brea pond buckshotandled.com check them out 107 clay drive tell them we sent you and he'll give you something free nice I, you you may have believe, made that you, up. You, don't, you may have made that up. I may have, okay. but, but tell him that. I think he'd appreciate <laughs> you, and he'd probably find he something free you. for you. If He's a good you, guy. If you added those fortunes, run down those 10 names again. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bezos, Bill Gates, Gates Warren Buffett, Buffett, Elon Musk, Musk Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy, uh, the Walton family, Walton, Tom Hanks, Hanks Dr. Uh, Dre, and Vladimir Putin. Okay, so even might leave Hanks out. But if you took, and maybe, I don't know, but if you took six or seven of those guys, I'm going to say they'd have an aggregate net worth probably equal to there's what seven billion people on the planet probably equal to the top the bottom i don't oh, know half yeah i'd say that's probably if easily. you took those 10 people and added their fortunes <clears throat> yeah fucking amazing it's pretty weird i've cussed a lot today but yeah huh yeah but i've cussed a lot just, that just seems odd it does uh, sad i mean I, I don't know what the answer is but that doesn't seem like the right way to have a world no it really doesn't seem like the right way to yeah. have a world and and i guess give some credit to gates because he's sort of brought some of those guys with the exception of bezos who apparently is not the most charitable of people i guess he figures his taxes are his charity when he pays them <laughs> um but gates has given away a lot of money and got other billionaires to give away a lot of money yeah um so britney griner when this airs, we don't know what's going on, but apparently, because you mentioned Vlad, it looks like they're going to do some kind of a prisoner exchange. Apparently, oh, there's a yeah. Apparently, there's a Russian um, arms dealer who's being has been held ten years in American prison, and the Russians would really like him back. And I think the U.S. feels like a one for one trade with Brittany. No offense to her, but that would be a little much. So there's also two American journalists. So it might be Brittany and these two American journalists for the fucking Russian arms dealer. Wow. Can you imagine the negotiation though? At that level, Trizan. I mean, it's, I don't think it's Biden, but it's high-level sure. negotiation. Oh, yeah. Secretary that's, of State sitting at a table with right. Yeah, I mean, to get that done, right? And then, and how does that... I mean, that's like Robert Ludlum novels and so forth. I Definitely. Mean, that was, that's pretty cool stuff. It is, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. It would be fun to be a fly on the wall with some of those things that yes. the public's really not privy to. No, not yeah, privy Yeah, that, that would be... That's real politics. Yeah, that's real pop. Yeah. yeah, real politique. All right, brother. Well, we killed another week. How about that? Let's Thank see if you, we're man. canceled. Thanks to Troy at Front Porch Studios. <laughs> Only because of me. Nate at Stove Leg. Yes, the, if Ray will be canceled. Uh, Nate at Stove Leg. Nate, thanks for everything you do. Troy, of course, thanks for everything you do. Indeed. Uh, check us out, review us online, and tell your friends to listen. Yes. We want you to listen to this show. Just just, just rest to it. Take a little nap. Turn us on. We want to turn 30,000 listeners into 60, damn it. If, if we can get to 60 by the end of the year, we're going to give away some t-shirts. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Sound good? Yes. Have a great week. Thanks, you too. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.